Welcome to another edition of the Bad Weather Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Miller. This is the sound of my voice. This is another repost of an episode from last year. This is a triage episode. I know these were very helpful for uh, those of you Kims and Jims just kind of getting into your divorce journey or dealing with a difficult relationship, um, kind of whatever your struggle may be at the time. This is a podcast full of resources and tips for kind of how to center yourself, um, live in your present, deal with what's going on in your life, and try to do it as healthily as possible, if I can make up a word. Um, So check this out. I hope it's very helpful for you. And as always, take care of yourself. Everything sucks. Just kidding. Everything is great. No, really. Haven't thought about my ex today. Oh wait, fuck, I just did. But I went outside for the. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Bad Weather Podcast. This is episode number two. I'm your host, JP Hurley. Joining me today, critically acclaimed therapist Brian. The burning question. Hey, burns. everybody. Oh, you walked all over your intro there. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. What's up, Brian? Hey, good to be here, JP. How's things going? Um, well, it's been uh, a couple weeks since uh, I did much work or talked to you guys, so it's nice to be back in the saddle and nice to have some downtime, too. Welcome back. Also joining me, host Jonathan Miller. What's up, John? This is the sound of my voice, and the only reason I say that is because of a podcast I love by Dana Gould, a hilarious comedian, and that's what people say on his podcast. So I'm stealing it. Sorry, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all right. By and, the uh, way, do you go ahead? Do you get offended when I call you John? So I, I announce you as Jonathan, or I introduce you as Jonathan, and then I say, John, is this is this a problem? We need to work out our issues on the show. I yeah, think. we might need to have a, a production meeting about this off air, just so nobody hears like the blows and the. Uh, you know the blood hitting the floor and all that <laughs> we'll put it in the outtakes yeah don't yeah, worry how are... i'll separate you guys when when needed i like it we need a ref how are you doing john uh doing okay um let's see it's it's uh, been a busy week uh preparing for uh like five days out of town so there's lots to wrap up and take care of before that and um just trying to get the house in order so it still looks like a house when i get back after being away for five days <laughs> Nice. Now, is that do you mean your literal house in order, or is this a, a metaphor? Oh, it's with me. It's mostly a, all, everything is a metaphor. But yeah, my house too. I mean, <laughs> like I, I literally need to like get the dishes off the off the sink and all of that so that it doesn't, uh, you know, so we don't have raccoons here in at the end of next week. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we'd like to say thank you guys for joining us, all the listeners out there. I think we've picked up one or two since last episode, so this is kind of cool for us. It's growing really quickly. I think 300% growth from episode number one, which was, uh, I, for, I forget his name again, Jim. That uh, was Jim, yeah, and uh, that's beating projections. I mean, if we're up 300%, that's way out over your metrics, right? <laughs> and we're going to be talking about Jim today, just maybe a little bit different spelling um, to kind of give you a little tip off of what this episode's about. we got a great one for you. This one is talking about triage. So you're kind of drowning. I, I like the little, uh, so just to give some listeners some context here, John, myself, and Brian kind of like vetted out a lot of different episodes and which episodes we'd want to cover at what point. This was one that was in the notes, in the show notes for a long time in a shared like a list of notes. And I do like what you've written there, Jonathan. It's a, it's a 
so you're drowning. And then these are all the things that have worked for us or that we've seen have worked for other people that we might recommend to help you out during your, your difficult times here. So I really like this is the triage episode. Let's get right into it. I've got no icebreakers or anything. I, I know that's kind of dull, but should we get, just get into the topics? Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, I think that when, you know, like when train hits you, then you need to talk about that train hitting you. No, let's get down to business. Yeah, I kind of like that. And maybe rather than going directly into like the remedies, maybe um, I'll have either John or Brian or both of you just kind of set, set the stage for what this kind of looks like in the moment. Um, I've got my personal experience too. Maybe I'll weigh in towards the end. But uh, maybe, John, starting with you, maybe like when the proverbial sucks hit the fan. I guess I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this uh, on this podcast. We'll have to bleep that out in post-production because I think uh, iTunes doesn't allow curse words to be delivered to certain audiences. But Fair enough. John, when the uh, yeah. the proverbial sh- I'm just going to keep swearing to force John to do lots of Great. extra editing. Thank you very much. <laughs> this, this is going to be lots of sucks in this episode, so hopefully you're mildly entertained despite the fact that you're probably going through some difficult times here. John, what was it like kind of experiencing the most difficult times for you, just kind of like before you had to realize you, you needed some triage? Yeah, um, I guess it's kind of like floating. Like your 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 ground, the ground you you just kind of assume you walk on all day is gone. Um, you're you're floating or you're drowning. Uh, there's there's no um, direction. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's uh, it's hard to know what to do. Like which way to go. Do I you know do, do I reach out to somebody? Do I just hide in bed? Do I um, talk to my kids. Do I hide my feelings? Do I what, just which way is up? I, I, I remember having a distinct feeling of like just being stuck in this thick muck of like which way is up and having trouble sleeping, breathing, eating, <laughs> um, wanting to do anything, working. There was no way to focus on work, uh, all of those things. And so I guess the the impetus for this show is like you know, assuming this, assuming the three of us keep our sucks together, bleep and do this show for 20 <laughs> or 30 episodes. And we can refer back to this later and say like, Hey, if you're just joining us and some sucks, just hit the fan for you. Go back to episode two. Let's talk about what works and how you're going to get your head above water just to make it through this next week. Now, is it just a coincidence that this is number two and we're talking about sucks? No, we planned this out months and months ahead of time. This is called pre-production wow. in its finest. Yeah, man. This most, is so clever. So most, clever. Most impressive. We are we are impressive people. I know we like to stroke our egos a bit on this show, so this is going to be no exception this week, I guess. That's how you know you're doing Brian, something. Brian, what do you think? What? That's how you know you're doing something right, by the way, when you don't plan something like that and it just turns <laughs> off. It's like, yeah, we were supposed to be doing this. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Brian, what, what's your? how do you want to set this up yourself? What's in your words? Well, Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry we're doing bathroom <laughs> jokes already, and I know you hate that, but... When guys get together, it's inevitable. <laughs> Poop and farts. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, you know, it, I don't know if you've ever been hit up the head by a uh, by something very, like literally hit in the head. Um, I actually haven't, but I can imagine it's a, you know, it rocks your world. Uh, when when something traumatic you know befalls you it's like a gong bong and and i think you do just like kind of go out of body um i 
and it's hard to know which way is up or down or feel at all connected to something that that's comforting so and and that la- i mean that's just the stress chemicals in the body you know cortisol um adrenaline there's 10 others uh that's powerful stuff and it does affect your brain uh in a way that you can't control so if you if you if you can imagine you know like your body is prepared to you know to to take care of business to to protect itself to run or fight um but there's nothing you can do so all that power in your body is just sort of reverberating and in your brain you can't think straight um you can't uh there's no desire to eat because that's not needed to protect yourself. Uh, it's hard to sleep uh, because of those stress chemicals. It's hard to concentrate, uh, and it tends to turn very negative very fast. Which I don't know why that is in the brain that we get. Maybe it's our evolutionary uh, benefit of scanning for danger or looking for what's bad so we can be prepared for it. But that's sort of what what's happening in the body, and that lasts for you know hours, but more likely days, uh, if it's a if it's a big thing. Um, and we'll talk about what to do about that. But like that initial blow, I think that's what I mean by the tra- when the train hits you, you can't get out of the way of the train. I mean, you want to, but you're not gonna. It's gonna hit you. It's just a matter of what you do once once it hits. Yeah, and sometimes. It is a train like that, and it's a it's a sudden impact, and then you're kind of uh, forced to deal with like those feelings that you're talking about and the physical changes like in your body and your brain. Other times, it's more of a gradual thing, and I think this might this could could be a good episode with multiple points of view to kind of help with any way that you're you're facing that. I would say, my experience, I I did deal with that direct impact from the train. I I'm I dealt with uh, infidelity. This was earlier in the year. And I remember the moment that I discovered what was going on, and it was exactly as you described, Brian. And it's like um, John mentioned that he had difficulty eating and sleeping and stuff like that. And I think his might have been a little bit more of a buildup type of thing, like a gradual thing, because I'm not sure he had that one day or that one moment where everything kind of came crashing down all at once. His was kind of like a buildup. And, and John, I don't want to speak for you, so I'll let you kind of answer to that later after after this. But for me, it was a ton of bricks. It was the anvil falling on the head. It was really difficult um, in that moment. I, I remember I even took a picture of myself, um, and I and I look back on that picture, and it was John. It's not the picture that you think it is. Oh, I, it's I not? can see you nodding. Okay. It's not that one. So so it's kind of funny. A lot of the um, podcasts and resources that we look at and listen to talk about the five stages of grief. We might dive into that at some point um, in this series, but. Um, for me, it must have been like the like the, the absolute like disbelief and just like the I was I was completely caught off guard by this and this picture of myself was just like whoa what's happened um, my world was rocked my reality was changed um, and just like Brian said I, I got hit by this train and the funny thing is this episode might not be great for the people that get hit that way right away because for me I wasn't ready to do that when that moment happened, I needed to kind of like spend some time understanding what was going on inside of me and outside of me and all around me with my relationships and my kids and all of, you know, all of the things kind of like just started to kind of come into my brain, um, all at once. So it took me probably maybe days to weeks before I could actually be in a position to, 
put some of these things we're going to talk about into action. So John, what about you? Uh, yeah, 100%. I was definitely in a state of denial for a number of days, weeks before uh, before it really set in that this was this was really happening. And, and that's when it was like, <clears throat> when that set in, then you're, you're exactly right. It was like a slow, uh, just dirge into this weightless, awful place um, where, like, I, you know, laid awake all night spinning on well, if it's actually happening, then what? And what do I do? And where do I go? And yeah, you're exactly right. So I didn't get the, I didn't get the truck hitting me as I'm crossing the street. Uh, I was sort of, um, what would be, what would be my analogy? I was like walking. I was like ignoring the truck, standing there staring at it. <laughs> I guess I don't know. And then it just dragged <laughs> me behind it for like a year. <laughs> like that. What about you that? Watch, you watch the train from like two miles down the track coming at you thinking is that a train what is that big black thing (laughs) yeah maybe this won't hurt that bad brian you nailed it i was just in my head while you guys were talking about this i was picturing that scene from austin powers and for maybe the people that are a little bit younger might not get this reference but there's a scene where he's like about to be run over by a like a very slow like tractor like a what what are those roller things called that flatten like um blacktop out steamroller yeah it's a steamroller so he was like, no, and the steamroller was like 100 feet away and slowly inching towards him, and he's just screaming <laughs> for like four or five minutes like this thing is coming. So, John, yeah. I could just kind of picture that that happening exactly for you. It. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that sounds almost worse. Yeah, it does. I, yeah, because then you're just your toe is stuck under it for a while, and that is really excruciating, and then it gets up to your knee and then your hip. Yeah. Oh, man. I I will be the first to say, uh, having experienced my side of it and, and obviously secondhand experiencing it uh, through John's side of it, um, I, I would much rather have the Mack truck or the train hit me right away instead of like that slow burn that John, John experienced. Him and I have talked about this often. Um, I would much rather not have what, what you went through, John. I'm, you know, sorry. Yeah, well, I, maybe we should talk a little bit about what that was. So <clears throat> I was basically, it was basically announced to me by my ex that uh, we were done and she wasn't going to work on it. And then I spent six months trying to get it back together. Um, and that entailed getting us into counseling and reading every book I could find and listening to every podcast I could find and doing everything I could think of in the house that would make it that would take weight off of her I mean you know there were there were the petty uh you know how you load the dishwasher and how you fold the socks um arguments or criticisms for a very long time in that relationship and so I just I just dug through my brain of every little thing she ever nagged me for and started doing everything I could I mean I put my coffee maker in the garage because she didn't like the smell of coffee in the morning um I just took away all all like I tried to take away all negative influences in that in that relationship I tried to do absolutely every stitch of work I could do and I busted my ass for six months trying to make it work and went through long dark shitty nights um, trying to keep it together so that I could do that every day and then uh, at some point about six months in I just realized that this person would we would be sitting in a therapist's office and she would just be contributing nothing staring at the wall um, when we would talk we would have these late night discussions where she just would absolutely refuse to connect on anything and um, so yeah it was like a every day just marching deeper and deeper into that muck and 
that's uh, and and it leaves a bit of ambiguity because you don't really. I think JP, with you, you got you kind of find closure in something like you experienced, right? Where you can say like, this is a boundary for me. I have no, there's no reason for me to deal with this. I'm better than this. I don't have to deal with this. And with mine, it's just been a a very ambiguous and kind of floaty thing where it's like, what the hell happened? And I, I can't, I will, I will never get closure or connection from that person. And so I've had to just sort of remove uh, that person entire, as much as I can from my life so that I don't feel that disconnected, um, uh, like uh, less than not worthy feeling anymore because it's all I ever got from her for six months and it really tore me apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about the difference between uh, ambiguous loss and something more concrete with closure and, and, uh, so I think I mentioned in the last show that if you choose something hard, that's different than if you don't choose something hard in how that feels and how you um, cope with it. So add on that if you know what you're dealing with versus you, you, you know, you're finding out, like you're figuring it out over months like the, the, and, it's, and it's not clear and it takes a while to get your brain wrapped around it. And those are just different degrees of mental, cognitive, emotional difficulty. And maybe you guys, I kind of feel the tide changing on this episode a bit. Like we had planned to kind of cover some things post-mortem, you know, like after you've experienced this for a little while. Maybe we need to talk about in the moment some more and be a little bit more helpful with like what people are are going through. And I'm going to start off by by asking John you a follow-up question. Hindsight is 20-20. You found out that she didn't want to work on things. You spent the ensuing six months trying to make it work, forcing it to make it work. Would you have changed anything about that? Uh, just to, maybe for the listeners that might be experiencing that ground zero right now. I would not want to live through that six months again, JP, but I don't see doing it any other way, honestly. I um, I think you know my nature is <laughs> to take everything on my shoulders and like plow through and, and assume all responsibility for things at most times. And then when it doesn't work out, really tear myself apart about it. I don't know that my personality lends itself to just having just walking away, even knowing what I know. Like, I think I have to do that to to live with myself or tell myself, like, I, I made this effort. I I I did everything I could to try to keep it together and that feels like in integrity with myself and so that was really hard I don't ever want to do that again um I put myself through a lot and maybe came out you know worse for a while on the other side and like with different wounds that I might have otherwise but uh I think it was kind of important to because I think you can just close yourself off. I think you can just you can just scab yourself off and never get into those th- those places and, and learn those things about yourself. I think there's value in that. I agree. And Brian, I want you to kind of like weigh in on this too. So from my experience, obviously I have uh, far less experience uh, with others than you do um, in your profession. But I've had a lot of people reach out to me that have noticed um, I've gone through divorce and they've asked me for like tips and help. And what I've noticed is that it's very similar to what John's talking about where there's that period of time where you just put everything into it to try to like salvage your marriage or your relationship. Um, and it's almost like too much, you know, like the person that's, that's checked out, 
uh, versus the person that's putting in all this energy, it's almost like it's doing more to push them away. It's kind of a, a very interesting juxtaposition uh, that I've noticed. But I want to see, Brian, is this pretty common, something you've noticed pretty frequently? Oh, yeah. Um, it it uh, When there's one spouse that's kind of ambivalent or leaning out or, or, or clearly asking out and the other one isn't ready to accept that, is still in, I mean, there's a period of time where that's uh, a lot of tension, a lot of pain happens both ways. And I, you know, like I understand both sides. You can't compel someone to, you know, work on a relationship that they don't feel like they want to be in. That's not love. Um, and you can't, you know, tell someone stop trying, uh, you know, give up. It's a lost cause. I mean, you can. But that's not a particularly helpful message uh, a lot of the time. So I think I, this will be another episode, I think, that we talk about how do you decide if you stay or go. I mean, that's such a uh, hard – I get that question all the time, and it's a hard one to answer, but I but there's good good way to, to think about it. Um, oh, what was I going to say? However, what, what I think we want to say today is that the – like be kind to yourself take time um talk to people if you're in that kind of unsure things are spinning you like you said jp you don't really know how to think about it you need to give yourself some time but i like what i want to say is talk to like talk to people in that phase um, have other voices in your head than your own and you know the person that's you're in conflict with that's because that that's going to help you get clarity uh and hopefully you're talking to the right people and if you need to hear the message of you know stop trying she's done or he's done then you may be able to hear it from a trusted person yeah that's a very important point and i think it's a perfect segue to like this next little portion maybe we should talk about some things that are very helpful while you're going through that and John, I want you to start thinking about like what things that you did during that six months that might have been helpful for you. And I'm just going to like weigh in with mine really quickly. So like I said, mine was a little bit more sudden, um, but there were like, you know, weeks or there could have even been for some people's cases, months leading up to that moment where you, you suspect something, but you don't know it yet. Um, and I found that um, just like Brian is saying that it was helpful to talk to people to kind of like talk through things. I had my circle, my inner circle of people. And that was very beneficial for me to kind of like discuss it. But while I was experiencing that, I also noticed that um, John mentioned this briefly too while he was talking about his background, but I, I had difficulty eating. I wasn't eating anything. I lost a significant amount of weight during these weeks that I was uh, kind of like wondering what was going on. I had, it was impossible for me to sleep. Um, so those things, those two things, looking back on those moments were probably the, the most detrimental to, to me, both uh, mental and physical health. And uh, if I had to go through this again, I would address those things a little bit more seriously with uh, a lot more tenacity because I realize what kind of damage those things did for me day to day, um, especially sleep. So what I would recommend, this is my recommendation, as soon as you start kind of feeling those things coming on or if you, if you kind of think they are coming, go see a doctor and get yourself you know, let them know what's going on and potentially get yourself, you know, medication that could assist you with those things. Um, I found that at least in the first few 
days, a uh, couple weeks that I actually did need to have um, some sort of sleep aids um, because I noticed that when I didn't sleep, um, you know, less than a couple hours or not at all, it significantly impacted my ability to think clearly and um, be able to work on myself during those difficult times. So sleep was super important. Eating the same thing, it, it's hard to say, force yourself to be hungry and eat something, um, but really try to like make it a point to, you know, stay on track with meals. Even if you're not super hungry, like just try to find a way to make that work. Get, get as much nutrition as you can during these times too. So those are the two big things that stood out to me at least right now in the, like the first layer of this. So, yeah, I, um, I like to look at this kind of like levels of need for a human body to stay alive. Right. So like you can't breathe, Mm -hmm. you need to breathe like uh, within three minutes or you're going to die. Right. So focus on your breathing first. So meditation, um, if you can find a free meditation app, if you can find a YouTube video, if you can find something on Spotify to listen to, that's just a guided meditation that gets you to focus on your breathing and do nothing else. Um, walk outside if there's grass on the ground and put your bare feet on the grass and breathe and just feel the ground. John, wait a second. What? Perfect opportunity. This episode is actually sponsored by Sam Harris. Oh God, I wish. Guided meditation. <laughs> so maybe throw a plug in there. Like honestly, this is what John and I have used. So maybe throw a plug in oh, there. Oh, yeah. that's a, it's a perfect recommendation. Absolutely. And uh, geez, honestly, uh, we should have some contact information in the show notes. Reach out. We can send you a free seven day trial because anybody who's paying for that app can yeah. send out as many free seven day trials as they want and come get them. That's true. Yeah. It's it's and I think it's actually gone up to a thirty day free trial now. But it's uh the waking up app and it's uh. Sam Harris, guided meditation, very helpful. That's my favorite one too. Awesome, yeah. So the, he's got he's got an SOS uh, section in that app that is kind of guide, uh, pointed right at this, right? So if you're going through hard shit, like he's got an SOS section that's got three or four different guided meditations to get you through really hard things. Um, but also, there's just a. Th- a th- Can I ask you one thing really quick? Yeah. I'm sorry, this is going to bother me. I won't be able to sleep tonight. Speaking of sleep, <laughs> what, what does SOS stand for? Save our ship. Oh, is it really? I think so, yeah. Man, I didn't know that. I thought it was like son of a shit or something. God. I thought it was save our souls. (laughs) Save our souls. That's very deep. That's only if a church is sinking. That's what they send out. That's what it is. Pardon the interruption, John. Continue. You were talking about some things that were remedies for you during those times. Right on. So, breathing. Got to do that first. Uh, Next, uh, water. Drink water. You regulate yourself mm. by just drinking something yeah. oftentimes. So your, your body like finds a level if you're just eating or drinking something. And sometimes you're not hungry, fine. Drink some water. Um, so that's number two. Next is eating. We talked about that a little bit. I found that I could just fry an egg. Like you can usually choke down an egg. It's got everything in it you need. You're going to be fine if you eat a couple eggs a day. <laughs> drink some water and eat some eggs, fellas. You'll be fine. Um, walking. Man, did I take long walks. And th- and this goes into something else, too. If, you're, if your work schedule is nuts, if you can at all put it off, uh, take some time off, not have to focus on something that's not you, take some time off. Take a day off. Take a long-ass walk. Take a long-ass walk. I used to take walks. I'd take like a, a one-and-a-half-hour walk out to this park in the middle of uh, Hudson where I live and sit down on a bench and meditate do the Sam Harris app for 10 or 20 minutes and then I'd stand up and walk back. That was like three and a half hours of my day. I wasn't getting paid to do that. Uh, if you can find it at all uh, in your day, in your schedule, do that. Take a long walk, focus on your body, focus on the world, um, focus on your breathing and not on your brain. 
Um, and then the sleep. So if you are moving your body, if you are eating something, if you are breathing, if you have found uh, a book that works for you or a podcast that works for you to get you out of your brain, do that. Lay down early. Give yourself a chance to get to sleep. If it's 8 o'clock, if it's 9 o'clock, whatever your normal bedtime is, like do it an hour early if you can at all uh, because you might drift off and you might wake up or whatever, but set yourself up to get a couple hours at least. Yeah, and I might I might just elaborate a little bit more on the 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 one that you talked about taking some time off of work. Um, I did that. Very helpful. Needed to do that. You might also want, and this this kind of like ropes a couple different points together, like finding your people, like having your circle, and also taking time off work. For me, right away, I communicated with my boss to let them know not any specifics. But I wanted to let them know that I was going through some really difficult times in my personal life, and I and they they needed to know that because you know it might affect my performance at work. So I, I needed them to be able to do that. I didn't need an additional resource for somebody to talk to, but I I, I wanted them to be aware so that they could um, be cognizant of what might be going on if if my performance had changed and not to my knowing. I did that same thing, and that reminds me of something, and and we can make some podcast recommendations here, too, for, for podcasts that help. Uh, one, the, the Scott Galloway podcast has been incredible over the last couple of years, and it's more about business and life. It's not about hard times necessarily, but he does have a Algebra of Happiness segment, and oftentimes he will talk about crisis management as it pertains to business, as it pertains to life. And one of the things he recommends in a crisis is over-communicate. So whether you're the CEO of Nabisco and they find out there's cyanide in the crackers or you're getting divorced, over-communicate. Get out in front of it. And one of those things is, sure, talk to your boss. You don't have to tell him everything, but tell him some stuff's going down. And it might, I might not be around or I might be... I might have to take a couple extra days here or there. Um, Over-communicate the hell out of uh, whatever you need to to whoever your people are. JP and I talked about this, but I mean, I had nights where I laid uh, with my phone open just uh, with a buddy on the other end just listening to me breathe. Like it was just somebody there. And if a thought came into my head that I needed to say, I could say it. And there was somebody there to listen. Over-communicate to your spouse or your ex or whoever this person is. Um, do as much of that as you can put as much of yourself into it as you can um i think because uh it it will it will free you i think of like the ruminating um that you might otherwise do if you're not communicating to your people no brian i'm gonna give you an opportunity to maybe throw a few more in there i've got one more if you don't but just kind of like passing the torch yeah thanks um I, I, you know, I don't want to be too redundant here, but just kind of a different angle a little bit that, but what, what we're trying to do is just give the brain and the body the, the chance to function, like to be as, as effective as it can. So that's why sleep is pretty critical and, and calories are pretty critical. Like we don't, I don't think we understand how many calories the brain consumes, you know, how much glucose it needs to function well. Um, so even if it's, you know, kind of crappy food, it's still better than no food, but ideally, yeah, like John said, you're having a piece of toast and an egg, um, in, in the morning to get you going, even if you're not hungry. So the, the, uh, therapists, I think would, the consensus of therapists would, would, would point to maybe five things that are crucial and, and we're hitting them. 
um, sleep, nutrition, exercise. And by exercise, we're not talking, you know, like the 90-day body changing, you know, experience. We're talking going on a 20-minute walk uh, once or twice a day. I mean, it's just getting your body moving. Um, Meditation is on that list, and you mentioned it. And um, avoiding things like, you know, here it comes, alcohol, (laughs) caffeine. Um, Not that you have to be abstinent from that, uh, but those are, particularly for men, you know, just really go-to coping strategies to use substances to kind of numb things out. And uh, substances have a place. I mean, no, no question. But to, to do that in excess or to, for that to be your, your coping strategy is a big problem. And you'll set yourself back. I mean, you're not giving your body the chance to, to be healthy and heal and effective. Yeah, you're kind of prolonging things by doing that. I, I can speak firsthand also from that. And it's like uh, yeah. just realize that it's okay to feel what you're feeling. You know, like the, the depression, anxiety like the, the, you know, the significant loss that you've just faced, those are big things. And and they're very serious things. They're life-changing, life-impacting. So it is normal to feel what you're feeling. Um, And it's also normal to want to like push that away or fast forward to try to get through it. But you have to, you have to put in the work on these things. And and one of the things that I remember that I I was kind of a mistake. So I'm going to, I'm going to let the listeners learn from all my mistakes. And I want to hear what Brian's (laughs) take is on all these ones too. Maybe the, this was this would be a good opportunity to do like another sub segment. These are some things that I wouldn't do. Brian started it off by saying um, alcohol, caffeine. Here's what I wouldn't do. I noticed that each time um, that I wanted to to talk to people, it was very beneficial. But I would also like occasionally feel the desire to talk to my ex to gain additional closer closure. My soon to be ex. And by the way, yeah. a little bit of a spinoff here. John and I have had long discussions about how there is a name that's given for somebody who is about to be your wife or your spouse. It's a fiance, right? And there's actually different yeah. spelling. We, we, we did some significant research to find out the, the root of this, this word. It's like uh, Latin and French, fiance, and there's different spellings if it's male or female. And there is not a word for somebody who's your soon-to-be ex. Like oftentimes if you go into like, you know, men's groups on Facebook or different places, they call it the, the soon-to-be X S-T-B-E for short. And there's not a, a, not a word that's designed for soon-to-be X. We wanted to invent one right here on the Bad Weather Podcast. And Brian, you're completely blindsided by this, and we want to get your take on this because we spent a lot of time discussing and thinking about this. We decided to call it the separate. So fiance, separate, and it's legitimate. John, there, there is an origin here. I'll let you give give the origin background. Separate. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's from one of those romance languages, either Italian or French. But we did uh, we did dig around in the Google Translator for like separation, um, disconnection, those kinds of things, and the, one of the words that popped up was sep- separate. And I think I think there are two spellings: one um, feminine, one masculine. It's like a two e's uh, for feminine and single e at the end for masculine. Masculine, so separate. That was your just like fiance. who you were about to be divorcing. Yeah, and it was because the we did define the word fiance. We found the origin of it. And wasn't it like something like it translates to um, connection or joining or something like that? Some yep. synonym of that. Yep. 
So very interesting. Anyway, back to the topic, the matter at hand. On, well, l- you asked for my. Oh take, yeah, yeah. So, I do want your uh, take. Yeah. I, I, I just completely bypassed you. Just to ask him his take and then uh, blast right past him. What's your take, Brian? All right, like moving it. on. <laughs> I like it, and and I, I like, and here's why I like it. Um, is the language that we use around divorce is 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 pretty negative. I mean, just the term X. Uh, connotates like someone who's X'd out or doesn't exist. And, you know, I like I don't get all up in arms when people use it because it's so common. It's just the, the language that we use. But I like better, like there's better terms, um, particularly for our children. Um, so uh, separate works for me. Former spouse, uh, former partner. Devil woman. Um, Oh, maybe not. Okay, we're not doing that. (laughs) Co-parent. Yeah. So I like it. Good job. Uh, Coincidentally, I don't. I don't feel that way about my ex, but we we did feel it necessary to come up with some sort of word just because there just didn't seem to be one. So so if we reference the word separate during this podcast, now you have the full context in the background of where that came from. (laughs) I want to reset you, JP. You were talking about something that didn't work was maybe going back to your spouse to get like further clarification on things. You got it. So in the pocket of finding your people, I did notice myself kind of gravitating back towards getting, you know, some additional closure and some discussions with my separate, which is where that spun off. And I I did notice that each and every time, especially early on that I I had those conversations with her, it was very damaging towards what our long-term goals were for our our co-parenting situation and just kind of like being separate people. So I would say I would recommend at least early on maybe avoiding any unnecessary contact with your separate. That's kind of what I was going for. Brian, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's really good advice. I think that's hard advice to follow. I mean, sort of like John was saying, he just had to do what he did, even though in the end it it, it kind of led to nothing yep. and, and more pain. He had to do it because it's – I think – having those conversations tends to be like that because I, I say that all the time, like, please guys, don't, you know, don't engage in these conversations on your own to try to get closure because you're just going to end up, you know, hurting each other worse, but people do it. So I just, it's human nature. Yeah. Uh, when you catch yourself going down that road, try to reel it back in. Um, and when you can't, you just can't, you have to ask the questions and be kind to yourself when the answers don't help and, really suck yeah and i might refine my recommendation for john for your scenario and i want to see what you think about this i would almost say like that six months that you spent working on it um this this recommendation probably wouldn't be for that period of time but the moment that you realized or that you gave up that you threw it threw in the towel whatever that moment was from that moment after this is kind of like the recommendation for that is like kind of just stop those unnecessary interactions because they're more damaging than helpful like what do you think about that yeah, 100%. I think so. I, I always say I have to stub my own toe. So people might tell me like that relationship's over and, and you're not going to do any good by having all these long discussions. But <clears throat> I have to stub my own toe on that because I'm just not going to learn it any other way. I can't let you stub my toe on that. But yes, absolutely. Once you've once you've realized that there is uh, no blood in that stone, stop squeezing that stone. You're not getting anything out of that and you're just delaying things. I like that. Sometimes we got to touch the fire, touch the stove to see that it's hot. That's right. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think there's any, you can't learn that lesson through somebody else. You have to do that yourself. You have to find whatever that is on your own. Um, 
can I offer something that I think doesn't work or isn't a great solution? Fire away. Uh, you will find a lot of um, groups, divorced dad groups on Facebook. And while there are some very supportive guys in those groups, there's an awful lot of negative garbage on those those threads too. And a, like a lot of not great advice, a lot of macho, <laughs> pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get, get yourself to work kind of advice that's like really hard to read in the early days of like, geez, guys, I'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other here, and you guys are talking about, uh, you know, stop being such a sissy. Uh, there's there's not a lot of value in those groups. I think you can reach out. I remember being part of some discussions on those groups that were okay, but uh, on, on the balance, I don't think they're necessary. I think find people that are close with you that you can talk with. Find God help you if you can find somebody that's been through it, that's close with you, that you can have a face-to-face conversation with. Do that. Uh, try not to go through the the weird message boards it's just weird i will corroborate that i had this similar experiences I, I i think i might have joined a couple like two or three different facebook groups and what i noticed uh on top of what john is saying is that it kind of turned into a big echo chamber um yeah. or like mm-hmm. the, like the biggest thing was like it, the bad advice part of it like you said like pull yourself up by your bootstraps be a man you know don't let it bother you whatever bad advice yep. some other bad advice that i saw was like you, you, you know, you could put, you could bounce things off people. Like you could put a post in there saying like, I'm thinking about lighting my separate's car on fire. What, <laughs> what do you guys think? And if, like 80% of the people on there would say, absolutely do it. It's a good idea. It'll yeah. feel great. Yeah. It's just bad. You know, it's bad advice. And obviously that's a very, um, over the top, you know, example, I only but, lit one of her cars on fire, JP, just the one car. I didn't light any more than that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> What what's on my mind, and maybe this isn't immediate, but maybe it is. Is is, um, I mean, I don't want this to sound like find a hobby, but like do something, learn something new and and different that is stimulating to you. So the I mean the the classic or the um, cliche even is like to take up endurance sports like running or cycling or, um, but that's legit. Like when. 10, no, 15 years ago when um, I went through like a traumatic job change that wasn't, I didn't see coming. Um, it was, I started running and I hadn't run in 15 years since high school, you know, cross country and it sucked, but man, it, it just made me feel like I was doing something with myself that was productive and that, you know, ended up lasting for another 10 years that I ran. Um so it ended up being good. I agree. I, Brian, just from my personal experience too, when I started going through all of that, I signed up for a gym membership. Um, and I knew that signing up for it would force me to use it. So that's kind of one of the, it was like a, you know, a couple of reasons doing that. But like in hindsight, like the, the people in that gym, it was very difficult at first to walk through those doors. It was like, so what Brian's saying is start running or, you know, find a new hobby. It is very difficult to motivate yourself to do that, to walk out the door of your house and start doing something. Uh, But damn, it's very valuable. And I noticed that like the the people at that gym kind of became my family outside of my home. Seeing those faces was helpful, but obviously just doing the the physical activities there. um, All of that was just very, very beneficial for me. So that hits a lot of boxes. So I, mine was jujitsu. So you walk into a jujitsu gym and you don't know anybody and you've never done anything like that before. And you just get yourself up at 530 and go in there for an hour and get beat up by a guy. Um, 
It teaches you humility. It teaches you to get out of your head and into your body. It teaches you how to breathe. You, over a period of time, form a, a community and a bond with those guys, and you learn things. You learn a ton of things about about your body, about uh, you know where to put your arms and how to keep a guy from strangling you. And you go through an intense hour of not thinking about your problem and just dealing with what's right in front of you. That's huge. That's a big mm-hmm. like break you get to take from your grieving, from your stress, from whatever else is going on in your day. You get to put your brain into something else that feels productive, that is active, that uh, gives you a sense of accomplishment when you leave. That's gigantic. Um. I'm going to share something kind of personal here, just since we're on the subject. John, you've heard this. Brian, I don't know if you know that. You've probably heard it, but you've heard too many things to remember it, I think, from me. So while I was going through that, just like John's talking about learning to breathe, getting out of your mind and getting into your body, um, after my workouts, I would always do, this is before I discovered the Sam Harris, uh, John actually recommended that to me, the waking up app. I, I would actually do my own meditation. I would do my workout. Um, and then I would stretch and while I was stretching, I would be meditating. I would kind of like focus on my breathing and I would kind of count my breaths, uh, for how long I wanted to hold each stretch. And I found this is very interesting and very obscure and very in the weeds. I don't know if anybody else has experienced something similar, but I had a lot of trouble listening to music, listening to like songs, especially ones with lyrics. And it really bothered me. It caused additional anxiety. It caused my my thoughts to kind of just run off all on their own. I couldn't control them. So I found comfort in one song. I, I listened to the same song over and over, whether I was working out, stretching, um, working, anything. Like I listened to the same song over and over and over. And my kids ended up recognizing the song too. Like, oh, that's your workout song. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's much more than that too. But, and it was this, it was this um, almost like ritualistic thing that I was doing. And the song was, Raindrops by Silo. It, it's, it's completely obscure, unknown, but I just found comfort in this song. It was like my my baby blankie. I, I can't explain why yeah. I went back to this, this the security of this song over and over and over, um, but I found that it helped me kind of check out. There's no lyrics in it. It was just all instrumental. It was very repetitive, and it got me like in the mode of um, focusing on my breathing um, and getting out of my uh, out of my thoughts. Brian, is that something that's common, or is that really weird? And, I, and I'm I'm a crazy man. Um, that's really weird. <laughs> I, I I'm not really even sure what to say about that. <laughs> um, I, you, you know, I'm I'm proud of you for sharing that. I, I find that really interesting, just because the, I don't know that that is uh, if that is common. People don't talk to me about it, but I can certainly like just the repetitive. Um, nature of that feels meditative you know like that's what you were you were doing and that song triggered your brain to to just be in this more relaxed in the present it's okay just breathe place which that sounds really cool yeah and even got to the point where like months later after I finally was able to listen to something different through my headphones I almost wanted to like reach out to the artist. I couldn't find him. He's kind of an obscure artist, I guess. I just wanted to say, mm-hmm. hey, thanks. You got me through some really difficult times. I actually did that with a lot of the those resources that I chose. The gym I went to, I, I said thanks to a lot of the people there for helping me through that. My bosses that I said I talked to. Um, you know, those things were very, very helpful in hindsight. So that's why I think the gravity of these recommendations is huge because a lot of people are on the precipice of what's happening in, in their lives right now. 
And you can take what we've learned and kind of like apply these things now and hopefully you find them helpful. Yeah, pick one. <laughs> this might be a lot. This might be overwhelming as hell, but pick one or two that you can just just do. That's yeah. right. Um, I th- that's interesting, JP, I, and I remember you telling me about that song. I, I had a not really the same thing, but I think it makes sense, and I, I bet it's common. Um, <clears throat> my Mine was I was into comedy podcasts forever. Like I, There are five or six comedy podcasts that I listen to every week, and for a time i just didn't have the brain space to let any like new enjoyable comedy podcasts into my 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 brain i had to i was i completely switched to relationship podcasts self-help podcasts like i didn't want to listen to any comedy i just it didn't hit like it didn't it, it was like uncomfortable because it was like of the old world or it was like it wasn't addressing the issue <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i think uh the, i don't know that that's that's where my brain went when you told me that story that's wild. Okay, well, we're getting to the point here. We're getting a little bit long. I want to like leave some time for um, Brian. I'm going to let you mentally prepare yourself for this. I, I always want to have either like a Brian burning question of the show or like some final thoughts from from our guy Brian um, to kind of finish this thing off here. So I'm going to give you the final word, and I want our listeners to kind of like wow. turn the volume down a little bit, kick your feet up, relax some, take some deep breaths, and maybe meditate some a little bit just before this happens. But this is Brian Burns with his final thoughts or his Brian burning question of the show. Either one. You get to choose. Oh, um, I don't have a burning question today, sadly. Um, so I will go with final thoughts. Um, I just, in this place that we're referring to where tragedy has struck, bad weather is on you. Uh, whether you chose it or not, I recognize that you're not a failure. It's not because you suck at life um, any more than anyone else, you know, sucks at life because life's hard. Um, This might sound like just kind of words or platitudes, but it's really true if you embrace them that it'll be okay. Give yourself time. uh, Work through the good advice that uh, these guys have given today and um you'll be a better person stronger like you don't you don't um mature through just walking easy paths you get mature and strong by going through bad weather there you have it well as always you guys thank you so much for listening to the show make sure you check us out next week we'll have new shows each week hopefully check us out on twitter at badweatherpod uh, for any show updates or anything that uh, we need to communicate to you, we'll also have some some nice interaction on there as well. Hopefully, I have like some sort of mailbag episode one of these days. So you can ask very specific pointed questions. You guys, take care of yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs> take care. Take care. Everything sucks.